<laughs> Dennis, I am back from vacation in hot southern Spain. Uh, yeah. Feeling good. It's good. It's good to laugh with you. It is good. It is good you're back. I want to hear all about your trip. Did you go to Sevilla? Sevilla. Yes, I did. It was delightful. It's like in August, it would be, it's just unbearable to be in Sevilla in, in August because it's just so hot. It's in the hundreds yeah. every day and you just can't be there. But at the end of June, it was actually quite lovely. We First, we had a little trouble with our Airbnb apartment that the air conditioner wasn't really working very well. It, oh, boy. Uh, it would only air condition like one of the rooms, like the vent closest to where the actual air conditioner unit was on the roof would get all the air. And and it took two days, but the host got a repair guy out there to clean some filters, and then it worked a lot better. We had some trouble with the Wi-Fi, but uh, in the end, that got serviced as well. And one time, we had a big fucking roach when he came home in the evening. But I sent a, I sent a photo to the host lady, and she she said, okay, what? give me some hours tomorrow when I can send over an exterminator guy to spray shit all over the house where you're not going to be there for a couple hours. <laughs> you didn't um, let him do it, did you? We, I said, well, actually, we're going to be out of the house for 12 hours tomorrow. She said, okay. And she said, we left the left the windows open. Yeah. It doesn't smell too bad. And you might find a dead roach somewhere. But we did. I had an Airbnb once in New Orleans that, speaking of roach problem, that when I opened up the cupboard where all the pots and pans were, yep. there were not only a dozen of them scurrying around, but there were piles of dead bodies. And as it turns out, as in many Airbnbs, particularly New Orleans, people don't use the kitchen. Right. You're in New Orleans, you're going to go out and eat. That's what you're there for. Right. Although we use it because we cook, cook a lot of our own stuff. We eat one meal out, not three. Right. And so nobody had used it for at least a couple of cycles. Mm -hmm. And the cleaning lady, for whatever reason, didn't look. So I ended up cleaning it myself and spraying it myself hmm. because I could do it immediately. Right. And I knew that he'd give me a break on the cost. It took me a couple hours and he gave me a free day. Nice. Normally, like going through Airbnb, there's a lot of having Airbnb as the intermediary has some pros and some cons. Like for the renter, they have some level of insurance that if you cancel the day before, like they're going to get some money from Airbnb. Yeah. And as a renter, you get some confidence that if something goes wrong, you can complain to Airbnb and get things fixed. Right. Um, so that's interesting that they even had the opportunity to comp you a day, but cool. Yeah. So do you have anybody in your apartment building that would want to trade houses with me for two weeks and be yeah. in Michigan in a good season? I When I when I was in Sevilla, I met up with a, this American woman who, like, we found each other... 15 years ago on the internet, I was blogging about life as an American in Spain, and she was doing the same thing. And we started reading each other's blogs and got to know each other. And then when the blogs disappeared because Facebook took over, we've been following each other there. And uh, But we'd never met. Uh, but we were able to, to meet up and, and have a couple beers. And she mentioned how much they love this home swapping thing. Because oh, really? They live on the outskirts of Sevilla, which is a highly desirable place from, from other places. And like they've swapped with people in, in France and one time in, in New Hampshire, I think. Just different. And the fact that there's a mutual thing where you just have to have this mutual respect that you won't destroy their property and they won't destroy yours. Or if they do, then you interesting. Yeah. If they do, then you do. If they just, then you get to take a sledgehammer to it. But, but it comes with, like, you often are also getting their car. 
because if they're coming to live wherever you are, they're not. Right. If they're flying from far away, they're not going to take the car and you get their car. Well, and it makes a. It's a pretty interesting concept. This um, is a very attractive city. It's one of the. It's usually called the best mid-sized city in the state, if not the region. Mm -hmm. But there's an awful lot to do. It's a college town. But more importantly for people traveling from overseas is that you're an hour to one Lake Michigan and all the lakeside towns, Sagatuck, Grand Rapids, the, the dunes, the Bear Dunes, which is world-known. Mackinac Island is about yep. three hours away, which is an international. I, I've, I've, I've been there. I, have. It, it's, I don't know what it's like lately. We haven't been. But, but it's and you're an hour and a half in Arbor. Yeah, and it's gorgeous, and our property is roomy, you know. Hey, you and I hey. can swap houses, and then we can record it <laughs> right. in an episode where I'm at your desk. Right, and I think the thing is, too, is that it, it, while it would be ideal for it to be the same time, it doesn't have to be. True, true. Because anytime you can, that you're going to, anytime you can you're go somewhere away, else, you can put up yeah. your. And apparently, this website that I, I, can, I don't know, I was sent a link. Like, you can rack up these like points if you lend your house and aren't using someone else's house you get these points that you can then spend later in the system somehow i don't know it could be it's definitely a thing that we're curious about because traveling as a family of four you want to have a place that isn't just a hotel room because it conducive well and our neighbors who is shared driver with us although let's say separated by uh, quite the fence they travel so much they would be down for this so we could advertise two houses next to each other independent contracts or agreements of course but right. then if somebody's traveling with friends they're like oh whoa our family's in this one your family's in that one mm -hmm. yeah. you know could oh be. god there's all sorts of possibilities i think that's the only way i'm ever going to be able to spend any extended time in europe and i'd like to do it sooner than later yeah it's man our our apartment in sevilla was like a block from the cathedral like we were in the dead center which was pretty sweet we could walk yeah. everywhere we did walk everywhere yeah and I don't know. It was just lovely. We did. Yeah. Hey, the thing about proximity to walking is huge. And particularly research shows that if walking actually takes you where you need to go as opposed to just walking for exercise. So mm -hmm. if it's convenient to walk to a store, convenient to walk to a bar, a restaurant or whatever. Here, when you walk one mile, you're at a lake, you're at a park, a kid's park, beautiful kid's park. You're at a, a little mall that's got three restaurants, Two book, two uh, bookstores, two grocery stores, and that's the thing is to be able to walk there makes it more attractive. So where did you walk to? You went out to eat every night. Yes, we. Oh, this is. Um, so we were. We went down there and we we stopped first at my in-laws' house in southern Spain. So it's from my house to Sevilla is like nine hours, but from my house, the drive that I just made today, from my house to to their house is like six and a half but it's on the way just to Sevilla so we did one drive six and a half and then spent the night and then did the two and a half rest to get to oh that's here. sweet so today was two and a half no today was the the six and a half. Oh, oh right but when we got there and we, were, we got settled in the apartment um it occurred to I guess my wife that maybe her folks and sister could come down the two and a half hours to to visit us there and and because it's probably my mother-in-law's, you know, last time to see that beautiful cathedral, and and she has mobility problems, but she was able to walk up the 40, 40 floors of a ramp to get up to the top of the bell tower. Lord. And so that was it's not probably not forty, maybe twenty. And so they they came down, and it was at first it was just going to be for the day, 
but then allegedly they may have also slept in the Airbnb apartment, like on the floor on on some cushions. Who's accused them of that? No one yet. <laughs> she said it was alleged, so it's unalleged, un- un- unallegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. They would have us believe. And then the the following day, we did some more tourism and got exhausted, and they actually spent another night there. But that was nice because we had the bigger family units to do some of the more important tourism with. We got to s- tour these royal gardens that were just gorgeous. And all this stuff is, as you may imagine, super old and history and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And Sounds then, nice. And then they left, and we did a little... We had booked a tour that like picked us up in a van from downtown Sevilla and took us a little ways out of town to yeah. visit some Roman ruins in the Roman city of Italica. Which huh. is um, it in between two places? No, like in italics. Mm. No, it's actually it's one of the oldest Roman settlements in Iberia, and it's the birthplace of two Roman emperors. Um, so it, it was a really important place. Yeah. And they, Why they, was it there? Coastal? Uh, it's just inside the coast. There was a river that was there, but I'm not 100% sure why it was chosen for that particular place. The but, river would make sense. Yeah. What do you mean it was there? It's, it's like not there pregnant. anymore. There either is a river. Oh. There well, was a river. There. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And yeah, so yeah, it was, actually, it's, it's nearby the existing river that's still there that was navigable into, because Sevilla is not, a, is not really a port town. It's a little bit like how London boats can get from the sea all the way up the Thames and to drop off goods and stuff, but London doesn't have. A it's coast. not a port town. But it was really awesome. They these ruins that they found and they've and learning, like our guy did a great job of explaining how archaeology is very much like a you know forensic detective story because yeah. you find these things and you have to put together these pieces of this puzzle to figure out what this particular room was, for example, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they had these really gorgeous tiled floors. That it still had, had like depictions of the gods and things that was really. How awesome. old are the tiles? How old are the ruins? How many years ago? It was founded in 200 BC. Oh my God! So, 2000, and 2200. Yeah, two. Wow. 2200, and yeah, it's old. Good tiles. <laughs> and what's wild is that they like they're still excavating there, but one of the most beautiful tile floors that's depicted. The the gods that both represent the planets and the days of the week, like it was very celestial, but it was also like the seven days of the week. Celestial, but also very practical and useful. That's they, they found this. They discovered this this particular room with this floor in 1986. And what they do when they first find something is they cover it with sand until they can get the funding to properly clean it up and discover it. And it took 17 years for them to get the funding to actually investigate this floor that they found. Which is just wow. so wrong. We yeah. of course about these things. You would think, at least, <laughs> as, as curious as they turn out to be. But it wasn't. It wasn't that it took 17 years for to get them to be curious. It took 17 years for the curious people to be in control of the money. Right. Yeah. Sure. It's and uh, or, the thing is, the government has so much of our money, and the choices that it makes, the investigations. I'd much rather investigate that than what happens to 1,000 paper clips. Right, which has been funded. And another cool thing that they had here at this Italica site was the best preserved Roman amphitheater. So the word amphitheater in Roman times referred to a place like the Colosseum where the gladiators fought each other and also different animals. And our guide said that unlike 
as Hollywood has, has had us believe, the gladiators almost never fought to the death because they were slaves that were owned by rich people that were that were placing bets. So you don't want right. you don't want your slave fighters to to kill each other. Although that happens sometimes. Tell, tell Russell Crowe that exactly. But anyway, this the the reason this place was sealed was has this reason this place was so well preserved was that they to save some effort. They, they built it in this lower ground where there was a river, uh, a, a creek bed going through. So they didn't have to uh, build quite so much up. It was already in intention. Or cavern. And they, so they used to have all these, all these battles here. And so this town at its biggest was about 8,000 people. And this stadium had seating for 25,000. So people were coming from way far away to see events take place at this. With- Tents and a festival all around them. Probably, yeah. And uh, now this is twenty two hundred years ago, so they were in carts with wooden yeah, or wheels. Maybe wheels, maybe stone. Part of the wheels were stone. Your stone wheels, yeah. yeah. No the roads. What would the roads be? The roads would be just hardback. Well, although the Romans, Romans are famous for having some really good stone roads throughout Europe. But yeah, at, at first, early on in the empire, it would have been just hardback. But well. Um, it, for travel to the country as opposed to within a city, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, because this was in because this was in this creek bed, when it stopped being used eighteen hundred years ago, the creek slowly filled the whole thing with silt, and covered the entire amphitheater. It was covered in sand for fifteen hundred years, just totally preserved. All the weather and shit was happening above ground, and this was just buried in sand. And so they came. They found this place somehow, and had to get all the sand out. But it's really freaking cool. And to your point, how original did it look? How sharp? So, it the seating part was pretty was pretty broken down. You could tell that there were that there was stadium seating. The part that's best preserved was the the lower part where the richer people would sit, and then there was a midsection, and then actually the higher part where the where the riffraff sat was has has all been weathered away. Like that part was not. Oh, covered. it wasn't covered. Yeah, so the, the very top floors were not covered, and it just the weather took, uh-huh. took it. So it had the weather to them. But this is apparently in the. I've never been to, to Rome, but apparently in the famous Colosseum in Rome, you can't really visualize the sand floor of where the actual gladiators would have been because there's all there was this layer underneath it where they would keep just lions and shit that they would. Yeah. Then, but then that they would like by surprise raise up by by elevators into into the arena to surprise the, the gladiators which the gladiator did have that accurate then and but this particular location only part of the of the of the ring is cut out and had an underground part so it's a lot easier to visualize the, the flat area i'll send you a picture of this right here let's send it let's send it to you now oh how can i send this to you we have a chat here because this is cool to experience visualize so you can click on that link oh yeah there's a picture wow so you can see how. Ooh, wait. Yeah, isn't that cool? Oh man! Wow. So that whole thing was covered up in wow. sand, and now it's excavated, and and we walked around in that in that in that square in that ring. Really. And there's a there's wow. an entrance on one side and a and an exit on the other where the if you win the battle you come out the the winner's entrance the winner's exit and if you lose you go out <laughs> or carried out the other side. Man. But yeah, it, it was pretty freaking cool. That is cool. We we enjoyed that a lot. Santa Ponce. Yes, that's the nearby city. Santa Pancha, Seville, Rosada, Spain, an Italic settlement between two large arches. <laughs> Indeed. So that was very cool. Oh, and I see a map. 
Santa Punchy. That's the city. I wonder if they're going to show. Oh, look at that statue. Huh. Nude. Oh, wow. Look at those tiles and shit. Yeah, those are the ones. Oh. The mosaic floor of the House of the Planetarium was the, the really cool one. What a time you had. Yeah. All right. Cool. Close the. Close the chat. Audio video. Yeah, that was that was great. And then, we, let's see. On also in, in Sevilla they have a, a theme park, and a water park that the kids really wanted to go to. And we cleverly scheduled that for the end of our week, so that. And they'd you know, be so exhausted they would. And so that they it would if we did it the first day they would be like hey why can't we go back you know the other days, but right. it, it was okay. It we aren't really a family that likes, these like roller coastery rides meh. It was okay, and then there was a water park that was fun to play around, splash around in. But in general, we we like we had the option to like to go back a second day, like we had a discount with our tickets from the first day, but we chose not to. And so, tell me about your tell me about your meals in the restaurants. But before you do, I want to give a shout out to my friend Phil, who brought me this Kentucky Irish Red. <laughs> I see, I see. Very nice, very nice. The original. Kentucky Ale, Kentucky uh, Classic, Irish Red Style Ale. It's delicious. Very nice. Very happy with that. So tell me about your, your restaurants and your meals. And was the food, was there a particular dish that you would eat in southern Spain and Sevilla that you wouldn't necessarily have in, in Madrid or Barcelona? Excellent question. And yes, there is. Okay, so there's this dish called... Cazón adobado. Eh, adobado means marinated, more or less. And cazón. Cazón is a type of shark. Oh. And it's one of these dishes that you won't find on the menu in the north of Spain, but at least down there it seemed like every restaurant had it on the, had it on the menu. And we tried several, let's see, from the Wikipedia, the meat of the school shark is consumed in Andalusian cuisine, where it's usually known as cazón. Among the recipes are the traditional cazón in, in adobo, which is what we had. and But in Mexican cuisine, cazón refers to other species. Anyway, it's similar to cod or haddock, it says here. And it um, it was just this marinated in paprika and then and cut into little pieces and then fried. And huh. it, was, it was pretty good. Fried? The first, we had it in several different places. And w- the first place was a little, it tasted more like fried f- fried flour than it did like fish. More about the crispy than the right. fish. But we found, we later we found a place that we liked that we actually went to again, that where, the, where it was all about the fish and just a little bit about the... Uh, I would think that the difference would be that in the place that you like better, the chunks of fish were perhaps bigger. Yep, slightly bigger. Yep, exactly. It should be the size of your thumb, I would think, for them to be more about the fish than the fry. Very good. Yes, it's, that's about right. About thumb-sized. And so that was fantastic. And then for our last... Well, we discovered early on that we needed to have reservations at places if we wanted to eat in a particular place because there was there were just a lot of people. It's a, it's a big city. Yeah. How big is the city? 40,000? Big? Bigger? Population of almost 700,000. Holy shit. It's, a, it's an important That's major. City. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's like the third most important city in okay. Spain. Okay. I was picturing a smaller. No. So it's a big city. And they were actually, the f- first or second night we were there, they were actually playing a Euro Cup match. Like the, the European soccer tournament is currently going on. And the... It must have been crazy with people. 
Yeah, and it was the Belgians against the Portuguese the night that we How were there. How big of a stadium is that? I don't know. Pretty big. I, I wasn't there. Hold on one second. Hello. I can't really talk now, okay? Okay. Okay, bye. Um, and but so the city was pulsing with with soccer fans, a bunch, a bunch dressed in a, a bunch dressed in Portuguese flags, singing in Portuguese, and a bunch of Belgians. Uh, it was it was exciting. I've never been in a major city when one of those international events is taking place. It was so what? that was won by Belgium, which since then they have lost, and the final is this Sunday between. England and Italy. Huh. But not Spain. No, Spain. No, España. Spain got Spain lost to Italy and with penalty kicks at the end. So many of these matches in this tournament have been after playing for two hours. It's still a tie, and because it's a tournament, you can't have a tie. So they, so many of them have been won by penalties, which I don't really like. I yeah, it's like soccer is one of these sports where the rules are designed and the system and the leagues are designed so that ties are just acceptable in a way that Americans hate because yeah. like, how could you finish a match and it'd be a tie? Uh, what, what yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. But but because the rules are designed in this way that ties are very likely, um, when you have a tournament, then you have to break the tie somehow. And penalty kicks, I don't know, it's just so fucking arbitrary. It's so much luck of guessing the right way for the keeper to jump or... Yeah. I don't know. It's like you. It's like if you determine the winner of a basketball tournament by shooting free throws. Come on. And that's actually what happens. So it's funny you should say that. But that's the team that has the higher percentage of makes at the free throw line generally is the winner of the tournament. So it's an interesting thing that you mentioned there. And well, yeah, but it it's, not a, it's not a uh, post-game. Post-game. Everything's tied. Let's, now let's just shoot free True. throws until someone misses. True. But what it is, but what it is, it's the free throws at the end of the game. Right. So it's even more similar, but not certainly not yeah. post-game okay. bullshit. But the difference is that a basketball game, if it ends, it can't end. I watched, it, like golf, you know, when you were gone, there was a tournament with two young bucks, and they ended up tying the PGA tournament record for playing eight consecutive holes in a playoff, tied seven times. Hmm. And it was so much fun to watch, but much more fun than ending it when they tied. The thing about the sensibility of it is that it's just not that much fun to tie. Exactly. From a fan point, what would you would you rather your team ended with a tie or had a chance at an overtime? Sure, of course. I'm 100 percent on the on the American side of this. That it's just bizarre that I don't know. I guess with I don't, there aren't other there aren't other competitions that end in ties very much like you can have a draw on chess or something but there's never a tie in racing of any type or anything like that yes there is okay can be horse racing car racing that can be a tie nowadays it's so it's got to be with slow-mo stuff we have now it's even rare but I when you relied on when you relied on a camera it was very tough Right. And unusual, but not as a matter of course. If the percentage the percentages are compared, it's not expected, but it's not disallowed either. So anyway, on our, I guess, last night there, we chose a really nice looking restaurant. Again, that was like a block from our house, but it was lovely. And I guess the last two nights, we um, we went out for 
a pretty good meal, and then we're able to take the kids to the apartment and leave them there playing Wi-Fi video games or something, and then my wife and I go out for, for a drink. For a nightcap. So tell me, at each of those two restaurants, what did your family eat, and what was the tab in American dollars? Okay. So I guess the f- first night was an Italian place, and I had I got a pasta with something in, with with liver and truffle sauce that was pretty fucking amazing. Did you say liver? Yeah, uh, foie. Foie gras, oh, yeah. A cow liver. I don't know what animal, animal it was. Duck maybe. A fowl. Yeah. Fowl, yeah. And yeah. They, and then my wife and the kids shared two pretty good-sized pizzas. How was the pizza? Thick crust or thin crust? Thin crust. This was... Pretty authentically Italian, in from what I can guess, having never been to Italy, this felt proper Italian, and so that was lovely. And a bottle of wine, and that place probably came to in U.S. dollars, maybe eighty bucks for the what place. for four of you? Yeah, with wine. Oh, then that's crazy, the, man! This, the second night we we went out to a place where Cheap. we had really good food, and each of our plates that we ordered was was like thirty bucks, and. The wine was also 30 bucks, so it came out closer to, I don't know, 175 or something. And what did you eat the second night? I had, there's another night that's coming to me where I had uh, beef tartare, which is an uh-huh. interesting thing that yeah. you don't see everywhere. And I usually try and try and order it when I see it because it, it's so relatively rare and I don't dare I was, try and cook it at home. I no, just on a musical I was in that, that tartare was prominent in one of the songs. Isn't that odd? Yes. The brain, man. Uh, isn't that odd? I've not thought of that in 40 years. What I had was an amazing Tartar. piece of meat, probably filet mignon, over a lovely bed of curried vegetables. That was uh, quite nice. And the kids also had similar piece of meat with them, some sauce or veggies. Uh-huh. But it was very good. With a, This was a, a rooftop restaurant with a view of the cathedral, and it was just Oh, cool. man. Yeah. That was your last night there, too. Huh? Yeah. The splurge. So... Our plan was to then drive back up to my in-laws' house and spend the rest of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there, and then drive back today. But while we were in, I got a message from a friend of a friend who apparently rarely logs into Facebook, but she had, and we're Facebook friends, and she had seen that we were doing touristy stuff in, in Sevilla. And she said, hey, you guys are in Sevilla. Why don't you come and spend a night at our at our little villa? Let me see if I can get the proper... Were they there? Yeah. With them, yes, yes. So they, what they, the word that they of what they have is a cortijo, uh, which Wikipedia describes is a type of traditional rural dwelling. Like it says, it translates to farmhouse in in English, but not really because. So what they what these people had was a an olive farm, but it's an olive farm. They had forty thousand olive trees. Oh my god! Eight acres and acres this in the is... middle of fucking nowhere. And they were in the olive agriculture business. So our, so this woman that invited us is a childhood friend of a woman that we met when we were living in England, who was also a veterinarian working at the same company my wife was. And we've and th- they came up to visit our friend in England one time, and we went with them to go do some tourism and stuff, and we sort of liked each other. And since then, we've been in touch, but just 
randomly. We're not friends, really, but we we're friends of friends. And one time, they came, one time they came up north and, and said, hey, we're going to be nearby. Why don't we get together? And we did. And we, we spent a, a day together. And another time when we, they live in Madrid, and when we were taking my son to get his U.S. passport at the U.S. embassy, and we spent a weekend in Madrid, we got together with them, and they showed us some cool restaurants and stuff. But we don't really know these people. They said, why don't you come? They sure sound like, they sure sound like friends. To our farmhouse. And so it's, the place is owned by her father. Like she has plenty of family money. It's one of six places like that around Southern Spain. And he makes olive oil. He has an olive oil business. And fucking out. So they called us, they said, hey, why don't you come up here? And it was like, it was on our way, it was on our way back up north and it was only like 30 minutes outside of Sevilla. And I, they sent me the, the location. And they said, this is the gate where you have to come and, and we'll open it for you. And I looked on Google Maps and there was just this little road and a gate in the middle of fucking nowhere. And on Google Maps, I followed, once you go through the gate, I followed, I was dragging to see where the road goes. And I had to drag this road, just goes on and on through these olive trees for about half a mile. And then you get to this huge sort of walled white compound with several houses and a huge swimming pool. and. I wrote back, I said, so the swimming pool is, is, is functional. And she said, ah, oh, you've been looking on Google Maps, haven't you? Yes, it is. Anyway, we, we go to this place. It's, oh, my God. There's a family that lives there all the time that are the employees that, that maintain the, the farm. Uh-huh. And then normally no one else lives there except for when they, they come to do the harvest or whatever. But this woman with COVID and stuff, they last year they decided to leave Madrid and come live in this place. And they prefer, there's the house where the people that are maintaining it live. And then there's the main primary house, and then there's a smaller guest house. Anyway, they prefer to live in the guest house, so they gave us this huge four-bedroom house stacked to... (laughs) There must have been 50,000 books in there because she loves to read, and apparently that's what she does all day. And this beautiful pool. It was just gorgeous. And this amazing, like, party patio area. And what was your bedroom like? What were the bedrooms like? Bedroom was fine, large, but nothing too crazy. Perfectly functional. And so we spent all day out at the pool drinking beer and just had a lovely relaxing time after getting exhausted with the tourism in two, in, two in nights Tibia. so we, we said okay we're gonna we'll, we'll spend one night here and then we'll get up in the morning and we'll keep going and when we were getting around dinner time our, our hosts said okay so what do you guys want to do tomorrow and they had these plans of different places we could go and and things we could see and it was always assumed that we were going to stay more than one night and the pool was so fucking nice so and we ended up staying three nights, three. just partying <laughs> with these guys. They brought out these exotic wines, and there was just so much beer and so much good food. And it was just like... And what was the food? One time they made a paella, but mostly it was just meat on the grill was what we had for dinner. And for what lunch, kind of pig mostly. Some of them, actually, uh-huh. some of the pig was actually from their... You know, like pork chops or loin or what? They kept calling it pig head, like the face meat, <laughs> I think. Jowls. Yeah, jowls. And the neck. Hold on. Uh, How many pictures did you take at this place? Quite a bit. Shoulder. Pig shoulder. Pig shoulder, right. Yeah. That's not exactly pig's head. No, but that was a different piece. But it was... Pig snout. Sow's ear. <laughs> I have had pig snout before, but this was not it. And anyway, it was just... Um, they are interesting people. And it's just to get a vision of what that life is like of just hanging out by the pool and 
they apparently they I think they make their money by like flipping houses. They buy a place and and pay people to fix it up and then sell it for more. But cool, just that sort of lifestyle. Hey, so th- tell these people they can come to Michigan for two weeks. Exactly. Huh? That huh? That'd be a it, like it, it, it was it was it was a shame that we didn't have more people there to to party with. Like it was because that place could hold parties of fifty people. Behind. Come on, man. Let's make some plans. You gotta, you gotta get these folks to want my place, and I'll throw in a car, exactly. and I'll also throw in a round trip train tickets to Chicago, which is go. two hours from here, and then a cab, a quick cab to anywhere you want to go in Chicago. Could do it during the Chicago Blues Festival, when after two and a half hours of drinking on the train, you get to the Blues Festival. I'll also throw in a, a room across from uh, Grant Park where the festival's held at the at the Marriott. I'll throw that in. Nice. That's the thing to do is to package the shit. Right. It isn't you just get the house. You get this. So one of the things is one of the things that one of the nights that you have the option of is going going to Sagatuck for the live community theater, mm-hmm. which has a, a huge cultural reputation and just an hour uh, from here. Or book a concert at Myers Gardens and see a Trombone Shorty from New Orleans playing couple of tickets throw the shit together man yeah and then and we'll meet up we'll meet up and in, in, where is this place what's the nearest town it's sevilla it's pretty close to sevilla there's there's a there are a couple towns closer but more yeah that, that would be the airport you'd fly to how oh how far out hour no it's like 30 minutes oh really yeah that's so perfect close. yeah perfect. Perfect. and so did you eat some of their olive oil on bread with seasoning or what'd you do we did that with was our, olive oil. our breakfast in the morning was no common spanish breakfast is toast with some olive oil drizzled on it uh-huh. uh, and some cheeses no not for breakfast yeah, uh, just good bread just with bread good, good olive oil and a little bit of salt is all you need so fucking good. coffee yeah so anyway it was just this we just stumbled into spending three nights at this luxury resort for free <laughs> and your kids must have been like who are we that we can <laughs> daddy are you a rock star yeah so daddy, did you cut a new but this was a connection through your spouse, through yeah, through some friends that we knew in 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 England. We were friends enough with them that we attended their yes, wedding. Yes, right. But well, highly and therefore you were highly recommended. Yeah, and these are interesting conversation, folks. They they we don't they're, they're a little off in the deep end when it comes to understanding science and conspiracy theories. But they but they're good to talk to, and and generally fun to fun to be around and always offer another beer or whatever. So. Yeah, right. Well, it's not like my kind of people. Yeah. Hey, did you get my fishing pictures? I did. I did. So I've got to tell you this week, we close out our hour here, is that as you were talking about your delicacies, I didn't take a picture of it, but I the fish that I showed you, which was a 19 yellow pike, or walleye as they're now called, got netted almost 25 pounds of filet, which my brother Joe and I that. split up and. In the split I got the other day, we had a 4th of July party here in the backyard, and my son-in-law, who's, who loves walleye, and my son, who, as, as it turns out, loves walleye. So I took, we have little fillets, and we have big fillets, and the big fillet is about seven ounces. So it's a big hunk of fish. Mm-hmm. And I tried a new recipe where I dipped in an egg, and then I pressed it into a combination of, of pancake mix flour. Uh-huh. Uh, a little bit, and a heaping amount of grated Parmesan cheese, and then crushed ground up potato chips. Huh. And so created a, a flaky crust and pan fried it 
in super hot olive oil. Yep. Which, of course, is the lowest heat that cooks better. Yeah. The lower, yes. And came out brown and crispy and crunchy nice. on the outside and through the inside, just beautifully white, flaky. And the idea of being served food that's good, like as good as what I'm describing mm-hmm. and as good as what you described, it's one of life's great pleasures, isn't it? Because during that time, you're just into the moment. You're And you're using senses other than your brain, which is no longer reeling at a million miles an hour or whatever the fuck you're thinking. But instead, it's just all focused on what on these other senses. It's, it's very primal. You turn back into right. you know, this creature right. that is consuming the- right so what if uh the if the scene is the river and you're on the banks and the water's running and the wind is rustling through the trees overhead and you have a open fire and you're taking a fish you just caught and cooking it in any way you want on an open fire and looking at and listening and smelling and doesn't tasting. get any more natural than that that's the way our ancestors were eating fifty thousand years ago so I have some exciting news tomorrow two two things are happening I'm number my, one I'm getting my second vaccination shot oh so very happy you will that. be inoculated exactly who is your inoculator Pfizer ah me too they're recommending now when you get your second in six months when you get re-upped that you go to a different yeah vaccine mix. yeah I've heard that too. And number two, number two, my new desk and chair are getting delivered. Oh! So this will probably be our last episode recorded where I am right now in this room, and I will ah. go over to my happy hour studio. That's in two days. I will celebrate by using the next couple of days to pick up my new chair. Good. Which I've been contemplating as you for some time. So the next time we record. We'll both be more comfortable. In new How's your arm, by the way? I've been Thank you. it's fine. Yes. The two weeks away from the computer has helped enormously. It feels great. However, I'm especially happy to be getting the new desk and to find yes. some different postures to work yes. at going forward. But And your dad, not so much on the arm. Yeah. He wow. needs more work. He's a work in progress. He's a fucking bionic man. He's already getting replacement parts for shit that he's replaced. I mean... He's, what's he got? Two new shoulders. How many shoulders does one knee, and ankle? So yep. while he's recovering from the ankle replacement, he decides that he. They all decide. His team decides he needs a second shoulder or a third. I think, it seems to me it's the third. I think it's the third shoulder. Yeah. Wow. So how many times? What the fuck is it? That I don't know. Rough that experimental that. That really takes three times to do it. Is he getting his money back? You gotta upgrade you the up- warranty. System. You gotta get the new firmware. Get the latest version. Last year's shoulder is so out of date now that you want the I new had, old version. Thinking of your old pond, thinking of golf a little bit. I had to chuckle because Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Packers, or, or so it seems, and uh, Brian DeChambro, he of, of Body Hulk right. and Amazing Yardage, played against Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and. I want you to take a look when you get a moment at the outfit that Tom Brady wore where Aaron Rodgers, his pair of comfortable golf shoes, pair of shorts, a golf shirt hanging out, long hair, just a baseball cap, 
and there's Tom Brady dressed in brilliant white shoes and thousand dollar trim, you know, slim golf pants, and get this a white a golf shirt that he buttons the top button oh, on I'm the collar. He, he reminded me of all these old convict movies where there was always one convict who buttoned up his top collar. It was it was it was uh, Duchesne in Shawshank Redemption who buttoned his top collar and. And what was the other one I saw? Same kind of deal, nonetheless. Right. And here's the thing is that it's all in the news, the trash talk. It is the most mild trash talk in the world. Golfers are so polite, and it's like Tom Brady, who's got on every ball he used, has Roman numerals, Roman numeral comma, Roman numeral comma, six Roman numerals in total, representing, of course, each Super Bowl <sighs> that he won. And an they're out there, and one guy says, one of the, one of the quarterbacks says, yeah, you guys would golf. You could hit as a quarterback, and, and you'd know it. Yeah, I could never handle whatever, and that's it. And they call it trash talk. And I'm thinking of, of a Bill Hader spinoff, right? right, where he's playing Tom Brady all buttoned up, and he's saying shit to the other golfers like, your mother sucks the hindquarters of a mule, or, or just really gets into all sorts of severe back talk. And poor, I don't know, Phil Milk, or I don't know who the, it would be a quarterback. Bill Hader yeah. would play a quarterback. Sure. So he, he could play a button-down Tom Brady. He might be the recipient of, of this kind of shit. I don't know who'd pay the wild man, the wild quarterback, like one of these one of these beasts. Or put Dominican Sue. <laughs> a lineman in there playing golf and talking trash and then beating the shit out of the other golf before they tee off. There's a lot of fun to be had with the trash talk of professional golfers. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So... I'm looking forward to. It's good to be back. Good to be back in the saddle. Getting back we in the did, saddle. Uh, yeah. We did. We did miss a week. Did miss a week. Your homework from before remains. Your homework in the future, among uh, other things, is to watch the movie Little Things, Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, which uh, I sent you a link. That's a new one, isn't it? From this year. Yes, it's a movie, not a series. And we're searching for a new. We're searching for a new series. I'm. I'm on it tonight. In fact, I'm going to do a little searching, and I'll let you know. Okay. Very good. I'll find something. I'll find something. Yeah, you know what things. I watched last night? This is other homework in case you you can maybe one movie, but if you could do two. The other one is a Sam Oh shit. Rockwell. Rockwell flick. Where he's doing his last stint on the moon, his last bit of a oh, yeah. three year yeah, stint. I love that movie. It's called Moon. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Moon. So You've good. seen it. Yes. I love well, it. Let's, I want to let's put it on the list because it's very interesting. And just one quick question. Do you know who plays what's the uh, what's the robot's name? What is the robot's name, though? Edgar? I forget. But yes, it's a voice by Kevin Spacey. Something like that. I remember. I didn't know that until I saw the credits. Hmm. It was yes. familiar. Yeah. It was yes. familiar. I, yes, I let's love, talk about that. As, I'm, as I think I've mentioned often, my favorite kind of creepy movies are the ones where you as a viewer are with the protagonist as they slowly lose their minds. And Moon is a great example of that. And yeah. The, yeah. the twists when you really understand what has been going on with the mission is is wild i i, I would like to see that again uh before next time because I, I it was it was, sam rockwell was just, if you're gonna he's, have a movie with just one character on the screen at any given moment make it sam rockwell this it, it it is it is one of his best among many it was fun to have my my friend phil over from new orleans he's actually invited me down to fly down to new orleans to play a party with his neighbor from up the street who's moving to how's he moving to i think he's moving to tennessee but He's a, he's a fantastic blues guitar player, plays nothing but blues. Mm. And Phil talked to him, and the guy says, oh, man, get your buddy down here. We need to get this out. Cool. And so Phil offered me a round-trip plane ticket. 
uh, which I don't think I'll do that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to take him up on it, but I haven't played in a whole year. Right, publicly. exactly. But he came to the house and I played a little bit, so it was fun. That reminds me, one thing that we stumbled upon just randomly in Sevilla. In Sevilla, they take, take their Catholicism very seriously, and you can't swing a dead should. cat without hitting seven little chapels. And they, but, and on every single, there, on every single street, there's a photo, there's a painting of the crying Virgin Mary, because they are all about the passion of the Christ and yeah. the death yeah. of Jesus. It's all about death. It's morbid is the perfect word. And morose. They, but the crying mother is morose. The dying Jesus can be morbid. But so what they their biggest festival of the year is for Easter, and in Spain, on Easter they do this in many cities. They do this funeral procession through the streets, where they carry Virgin Mary statues on the shoulders of, of some yes. dudes, and I've, I've the, seen it and, in films, the coffin of Jesus or whatever, and yes. and it's just really fucking scary. They've got these these guys with big KKK looking hats on and costumes and stuff, and. It's, I've seen one in person, and it's fucking creepy. But in Sevilla, they do it better than anyone. And they, Easter is so important to them. And we stumbled upon, in a park, a band practicing for next Easter. Oh. <laughs> That's how seriously they take it. And much like you, wow. they're a year at least out of practice because they didn't yeah. like, do any processions last year or the year before, uh, this year or the year yeah. before. and But it's this really somber drumbeat on the pace that people are walking very slowly. Processional. It's mostly bugles doing just singing this really sad, sad song. I, I recorded a, a, a video. I'll, I'll share some of that song with you. But practicing for next uh, Easter. Uh, uh, the bleeding heart of the Lord. The thorns are dripping blood into his red, red eyes as he, he slowly dies. Each step he takes, he cries, Why me don't take me? Why me don't take me? Why me? Something like that. See you, bro. Okay, that's it for episode number 117, 117. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 117, where there are links to those Roman ruins in Metallica and other photos of the golfers, Tom Brady and whatnot. Anyway, you can support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. We'll see you next week.